Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Africa Carifu. Today we have a very exciting topic of discussion at the Carifu and we are going to be talking about beauty. This is a topic that for me is a little bit outside of my comfort zone but one that is very necessary and very important for us to discuss at the Carifu. We will talk about African beauty and how that is defined and perceived by women. Beauty, like they say, lies in the eyes of the beholder. But what happens when the beholder doesn't recognize that beauty? Forcing the behold to take matters into their hands and to try to define that beauty for themselves. With me at the Carifu to help us dissect this topic are two beautiful women. They will share with us their experience of beauty and what they define and see as beauty in African women. So welcome to the Karifu, Karen and Angel. And thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, so to begin with, um, I think maybe we can give just a little bit of background to who you guys are. Uh, Karen is here in Houston, she's working, uh, but she's originally from uh, Zimbabwe. Why Angel is um, as well here in Houston, finished school and now working. Um, she is from Nigeria. So we can see that we are going to have maybe a, vi a, a wide perspective of Africa, South and West. And of course, I hope that I don't pull, the, I don't pull a bias to the West Africa since I'm from Cameroon. But um, I hope we're going to have a good discussion. So um, let us start by just talking in your own words. Um, Growing up in Africa, uh, how was beauty perceived in, from your perspective? What, what would you say beauty was defined as? So I'll just say in Zimbabwe, um, initially when I was very young, let's say in the 90s, a lot of the times beauty was more defined by your skin, your hair, just but it was more natural those days. This was before the weaves had come into fashion, before we had... Even like braids were still something somewhat not as so affordable, but they they were there. But I think the look of having good skin, good hair, that's what was trending. But now as we as we started to move towards the two, early 2000s, the 21st century, 2020, weaves started to play a big role as well as bleaching, the color of your skin, and even things like your hair. Are you using plastic weaves, synthetic weaves, are you using Brazilian weaves? So those type of things started to come more into play. And I'll say maybe in the last 10 years in Zimbabwe, makeup has become a new trend. So people are obsessed with makeup and beauty generally has moved further and further away from the natural type of look to more of the commercialized definition of beauty of what you see in Hollywood, what you see on TV. Yeah, so um, Angel, is that, I mean, did you feel the same type of thing growing up in Nigeria? Absolutely. I feel like in Nigeria, for sure, um, there's a huge um, idea that when you're lighter, um, there's um, some type of privilege, obviously, that comes with it. And many women I've seen have had to want to kind of um, match up with those expectations of um, society because um, there's... Um, there's this idea in um, my country that when you look a certain way or when you, you have to maintain your skin and look a certain way, you come across as um, spending more money of some sort. So I feel like um, in Nigeria, for sure, there is um, a huge um, um, idea. There's an idea that um, when you're lighter, you're more um, attractive to some sort. When your hair looks a certain way, you're able to spend money to look like that. Um, and I'd say it's it's also the same thing with um, a lot of African countries and especially even in America as well. But um, I think also that um, it, more recently people have been able to embrace the whole natural natural skin, natural hair movement. And um, that's been helping a lot with the previous um, ideologies that people had um, about skin and hair. Yeah, to me, this is um, an interesting conversation because I am not a woman, and so I don't see things from that perspective. As a man uh, growing up, we just, uh, you know, 
in high school and even in university and all of that, we just see um, women, um, at least for me personally, this whole notion of skin color and skin tone wasn't something that strike you first. The first thing is, oh, that girl looks pretty. And then before now, you can even go to start to uh, define or look at what does her hair look like what, um, or what have you. And so to me, that's very interesting. Um, that perspective is something that I did not have in mind and I, I, I'd not thought about um, until maybe likely recently. And I am wondering if that perspective um, and that notion of defining beauty in the, in, as an idea or as a skin tone or skin color, if that is something that we have adopted from, say, Hollywood, because, for example, Hollywood has these notions that they try to drive down our, our, our minds, uh, you know, white Jesus. Um, I mean, another thing is that beauty has to be white. Um, I remember in one of the very uh, first episodes of this podcast, I interviewed uh, a friend that I went to school in Nebraska with, uh, Devin, and she was talking about the fact that when she went to Senegal as a black woman who had grown up in America, it was so strange to her because for the first time she would, she saw billboards that had black people on there, that had black women on there and promoting all of that. And so I'm wondering if it's because we consume too much media in Africa. And so our notion of that beauty um, was defined a lot by media or was it just cultural type stuff? I think it's also rooted in just our ideologies of how we see white people in general. I don't think it's just um, Hollywood. I think it's also the history that comes with, um, you know, colonial times, essentially, and seeing white people as superior of some sort, um, seeing them as better educated, you know, better looking. So because of that idea, there's always a matching up of wanting to be like them. Like, you know, a white man walks down the street in Africa and everybody notices it's like they're like a god of some sort. So I feel like just the prestige that comes with their skin color, you know, the ideology that they are greater, they're better, um, is I feel like the reason why, um, to some extent, why um, people or a lot of women want to kind of look like them. I don't know. I, 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 I see it to a certain extent, but to some other extent, I'm also... You know, when you look at skin bleaching, this is not something that started in the last 10 years. This is something that dates back to like the 16th century. In Asia, skin whitening is a trend. People have been doing it for years. Even in Europe, people even have terms now like skin brightening just to make us feel better about the practice because bleaching is a frowned upon term. So people now use terms like skin brightening, skin whitening. But at the end of the day, essentially, it's the same thing. And black people do it, white people do it, um, Asians do it. So yes, you could, you, you could argue and say when people see whiteness, they see the superiority. And to some extent, one could agree. But when a black woman is looking in the mirror and holding that jar of uh, bleach, let's call it that, or that product, I don't think that's the, the, the thing that comes to their mind. I don't even think that that's what crosses their mind. I think to them, society... People who look whiter or lighter look better. So, I see. Okay, now this, I mean, this raises up at least I think two points that I want to touch on, and you know, this is personal to you guys. Do you, as black women, um, do you consider yourself beautiful? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I I do, and I don't think. Um, I mean, I should say, since this is a podcast, that I'm relatively light-skinned. Um, um, like, when people look at me, they don't think the first thing is, oh, she's African. But um, I think growing up, um, I had, my hair was already, like, so thick growing up. And um, I always frowned upon that. Like, I see the girls in the salon, and their hair would be, like, so thick, and they'd be, like, struggling with it. In the salon, I always thought to myself, even though it was the natural hair, like, oh my God, that must be like so hard. Like, I didn't want to have to deal with that. And I think it was the connotation of the society that I was in, with the idea, like at that time, everybody always relaxed their hair. It had to be long. It had to be, you know, look a certain way. But I'd say with the new wave of, um, you know, natural hair, um, and of some sort, 
um, have um, kind of made me embrace it more. And like four years ago, I cut it all off and I started again. And there's just so much beauty in my hair, the way it naturally is and the lushness of um, the Afro and just like being able to say, you know, like I have African in me and that's why it's a ton like thicker, you know. And so it's not just for me, just skin color, but it's also like the lushness of my hair. Um, the beauty of my culture, me being able to, you know, say, this is who I am, you know, this is where I'm from. And so um, I think beauty definitely supersedes just, you know, um, what the look is, what's what's physical. And so in many ways, I think I'm beautiful. Um, but if I was to talk more about the physical part, I, uh, I think that um, it's mostly based on my hair. I don't think it's really based on my skin um, color. <laughs> I just I actually think yeah it makes me think of Indiari's song I think it's hers I'm not my hair and mm-hmm. for to a lot like southern african people have a different kind of 4c texture to say the west africans I've always thought my hair was like strawy like straw it doesn't grow it it was very kinky and hair plays a big part of your beauty so You'll find when you can't work with your hair, you work with the next best thing, which is your skin. And that's what I think a lot of people in Southern Africa and even myself growing up, I did not like my hair. I relaxed it and I relaxed it so much to the extent that when I was 14, I remember combing my hair in boarding school and literally my hair fell out at the back. And because it's boarding school, I couldn't go anywhere. So I had a patch in the middle of my head and people used to call me patches. So you can imagine. Then after that, I realized, okay, I couldn't relax my hair anymore because clearly my hair wasn't having it. So now I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh, wow. Like now I look very ugly. Like there is nothing to work with. And I mean, I even went to a school where they didn't allow us to have braids. So I literally had to cut my hair bald. So now what am I working with? My skin. And you're looking at your skin and you're I could see and I'm like, I have bumps and I have patches and my skin's not smooth. So there have been many times and even now as an adult, obviously your self-esteem improves and you realize that it's not all about just how I look and the benefits of working. I can buy makeup now to make myself look better. But generally at that time, as a teenager looking at myself in the mirror, there were many days where I could do nothing and I, could look, I looked at myself and I was like, wow, I do not look pretty. I do not look as pretty as the girl standing over there. My hair is horrible. My skin's not working with me. I'm breaking out puberty. You know it. So, Okay, so Karen, you bring up uh, a good point here. And is it that your definition of yourself, was it because of how maybe the boys thought about you? Or was it just from you that you saying that, well, I don't have the hair, therefore I'm going to look at the next best thing to try to... uh, compensate for that i've always argued and said that women don't dress up for men to a great extent we dress up for other women so a lot of the times like for example i went to an all girls boarding school my whole life i think only like when i was 17 and 18 we'd have classes with the boys but essentially we were i was at an all girls school so pretty much most of my teenage years were spent dressing up for girls so what mattered was how i viewed myself versus looking at other women and looking at myself and thinking, wow, she looks prettier and I don't. She has better skin and I don't and better hair. And that's what influences your image of yourself, how you perceive yourself when you look at other women around you. I don't know, Angel, what your opinion would be. I I absolutely agree. Um, I definitely think you're like right on point when you say um, we dress up for other women because that that is the truth. Um, um, We think of, I think a lot of people, especially African women kind of base their beauty standards um, off each other. You know, it's not really because of what a man thinks. And um, growing up, I'd say that was the same thing for me. Um, And um, when my hair was shorter, I would always like try to like bend my head to the back and kind of like imagine it to be like kind of long. (laughs) And when I cut it, like you notice that when women cut their hair up and like start to be natural, like they're so obsessed with like lint checks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's just um, it's 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 so much more than like just hair. Actually, to be honest, it's 
it's definitely what I feel like the Afri- how the African woman is built, right? Where where I'd say to some extent, a lot a lot of us are built differently, right? Um, we typically have like fuller bodies, and for me, it was growing up and realizing like, okay, I'm like shaped differently. I'm not I, I'm not exactly the slimmest of people, you know. And so, um, beauty for me was definitely more focused on um, my hair and like what I look like as an African woman and being shaped differently and accept <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, you guys are enlightening the, the guy in me because I did not, you know, the, the way women, the way you guys have described how you perceive beauty, talking about the fact that it is an issue of hair and the fact that women are dressing up for other women is something that I think that as a guy growing up, you, you know, guys would dress up not really for other guys, but to be attractive to, to the women. Um, guys, uh, I think growing up was more or less looking at a woman likely her face oh she's pretty I, I i think that maybe the hair will come second or third or fourth or sometimes it doesn't even come into the picture um because so because i think that it was just a lot more of are they am i attracted to this person and do i find them beautiful enough to be attracted to them but it seems like on the women's side it's a whole lot different so i mean maybe angel can talk about some of these given the fact that you are you were a lot more or you are a lot more lighter skin did that maybe get a lot of guys attraction to you growing up in nigeria were a lot more guys attracted to you maybe compared to your other friends that were a, a lot more darker skin oh man i feel like yeah that's a really tough one for me because i grew up really sheltered because um my father my parents i'll say had the connotation that um if I was like outside, they would want to like kidnap me because I looked a certain way. I looked like attractive. Like they were going to want to take me because they would assume that because I look a certain way, like I'm more valuable to some sort. And so um, my parents compared to, I'm the only light skin one out of like four siblings and they had pretty, um, pretty, I'd say free childhood, childhood in, compared, in comparison to me. Um, and when I got into school, um, I definitely noticed that skin color was um, a big thing because um, I went to a school that was international. So there are people from like different parts of the world and they always got so much attention, especially the lighter skin ones, like the ones that were white, the Lebanese, the Syrian, everybody wanted to date them of some sort. And um, for me, obviously, I, I think I was just like way too sheltered or shy to have actually explored that part. So I don't think I can talk about the dating aspect or the... Um, being people being attracted to me but as i've gotten much older i see that there's a huge i have to say there's a huge privilege that um comes with some um with the idea of thinking that lighter skinned women are you know more um beautiful because as i've gotten older i I think one of the first things that people notice like oh my god you're so like light like how do you take care of your skin and um like, oh, I, I find it weirdly enough, um, I'm asked by men more times than women about these things. And um, it just makes me wonder why, you know, um, why that's such a, you know, men in comparison to women would actually be asking that question more. Um, so I think I want to know more about, like, why um, men are more, um, hey, scrap that. I want to know. I want to know. Um, I, I'm looking more into why um, that's more of a man thing in my life in comparison to like women actually like asking. But um, I, in the skin documentary, actually, she highlights that um, a lot of um, a lot of men want to date more light skinned women because they think that um, people look at them as maintaining their women, like they have more money to be able to maintain the skin because they're seen mm-hmm. as more expensive or more attractive in African society. So that definitely stood out to me. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the dating one because I never really experienced that. <laughs> but I can talk about it in re- regards to my childhood. Okay. I mean, um, the, the, Karen, did you ever experience that? Did you ever experience the fact that maybe you not being lighter skinned, were not, um, guys were not more attracted to you? Yeah. I mean, I went to university coming from Zimbabwe and I'll say my skin is pretty average Zimbabwean to some people it's light skin, but I'll just say in comparison to the rest of the world, I'm right there in the middle. I'm not very dark. I'm not very light. Like if people were to say light people, I probably wouldn't be standing up in that room. 
So mm -hmm. there was this term they used to use, which was yellow bone, which referred to the extremely very light skinned girls. So, and I think Angel, you were probably one of those. <laughs> so that's yellow bone for you. And a lot of South African women are very light skinned. I'm probably the, the, the tribes generally, they're very light skinned. So coming in there, guys, my guy friends from Zimbabwe used to openly say to me, listen, when we're over here, we don't notice you girls. Like, oh, wow. girls, you're, be you're beautiful, you're wife material. But when we're over here, we don't notice you because yellow bone was the end thing. And I mean, already you're noticing, even now when going back home, I'm noticing there's this shift towards light-skinned people being beautiful. So... Mm -hmm. Hence now, bleaching is a thing, but people don't call it bleaching anymore. They find better terms, but I mean, it's, it really is a thing. If you know the products that people are using, some people are shifting away because I mean, the, the dangers have been communicated. People have said, oh, skin bleaching is bad because of ABC. So people are finding natural methods to do it. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I mean, this is, I mean, this is just like, Wow. Um, given that you had to go through this experience at university, did it at any time make you want to consider using this product so that you can be, um, I suppose, lighter skin? I mean, for me, more so by the time I was in university, I was better. But when I was in high school, I did at some point use those products. And unfortunately, being a student, not having money, it's the cheaper products that I used. The only fortunate bit is that I didn't use them for long enough to have any side effects or experience yeah. anything negative because next thing I was in university. But I promise you, by the time I got to university and I'm seeing the very light skinned girls, the level of lightness that they were at, it would have still taken me maybe four years of bleaching to get, <laughs> to get there. So I accepted defeat and let it go. But many women don't like they don't let it go. And particularly if you can afford the products that will get you there. And I know a lot okay. of friends I've had say it's addictive. So once you start, yeah. you can't stop. Okay. So, I mean, this is interesting because you mentioned that you accepted defeat and let it go. What, I mean, what actually triggered that? Was it just you realizing that, hey, I can't try to be somebody that I am not. And so I'm just going to yeah. be am and just perfect that. Yeah. It was pretty much that. And I will say in the last, like towards my final years of university and, you know, with access to internet, cause I was in Africa then the whole promotion of makeup has really helped in promoting women to accept their skin for what it is. So makeup has brought in another shift where you can get makeup, get the shade that's in your complexion and perfect that and still look beautiful or get good hair, good good Brazilian weaves or good Peruvian hair and look amazing in your complexion. Yeah. The sad part is that regardless of whatever you're using, we're still not embracing ourselves for who we are. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, maybe we can shift it a little bit and, and pick up on something that Angel had mentioned before, the fact that in, in Nigeria and maybe yeah. in some other African countries, I think Karen just said the same thing where, the guys are mostly going after the light-skinned girls. And she mentioned that um, in Nigeria, at least the men look at it as a level of prestige that, oh, they can maintain their women. So, I mean, Angel, is I really maintaining, I mean, is your maintenance that high? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> That's the right question to ask. The, but. the answer is absolutely not. But I feel like um, for many Nigerian women um, that do actually brighten, lighten, bleach their skins, it really is. Um, for me, I'm, I'm born naturally very light. So for me, it's not very, it's not very expensive for me to um, actually maintain my skin because I just have to, you know, use whatever um, oil or um, cream is on the, you know, drugstore, um, um, what, whatever is in the drugstore. Drug but for a majority of the women who actually bleach, it's, it's a lot of, it's very costly. The beauty is costly in many ways. It's costly in the sense that um, many of them have um, skin that they can't exactly, because they've been doing it for so long, the damage is irreversible, right? We see that a lot in their 
and the way that their skin looks, right? Some parts looking more even, uneven than the other. And um, they have to keep up with it to actually look a certain way. Um, the, the documentary also, um, Skin, um, but Brisky, I don't know. He's this like big social um, media guy in Nigeria. <laughs> I think she'll, she'll uh, say she's a she. <laughs> yeah, sorry, she's a she, right. And um, he, he really like talked about the pains that come with having to wake up every morning and you know put these um creams on your skin to maintain it so that everywhere looks even right so in that sense it's also costly in time right it's costly in the damages it's costly in the price um and so i think in many ways um those men kind of are right to some extent because the people who are pursuing those type of um you know um lightning actually do have to put in a lot of effort and um, money um, into um, changing their color. But for people who are naturally naturally light, I don't think that um, there's um, a cost or a high cost that comes with that. So, Yeah. So um, maybe Karen can help us here with this. If you were to go back in time, and maybe now we can go back in time, but as you look into the future, what is something that you can tell the younger girls that are coming up now vis-a-vis um, their, their black skin or their, them not being so light, but then you have these boys and we've seen this experience that um, um, uh, uh, Angel just got to share with us about you know, some people if they're going down the road and even you mentioned that yourself where it's very expensive. So if you had to tell black, I guess, dark-skinned girls like going back in time, even maybe your younger self, what are some things you would tell them about your skin and about, you know, beauty? I would tell them that my, your beauty is not defined by your skin or who you are on the outside, even though they probably don't want to hear it at the time. But there's so much more. Beauty goes beyond what's skin deep or what you look like on the outside. So I would tell them to embrace themselves and the more you learn to love yourself as who you are, the more it starts to show on the outside. There is nothing more beautiful than a confident woman. And I think that's very attractive for anyone. Confidence. So that's what I would tell my younger self. Okay. So, Angel, I mean, what about you? I mean, I know you mentioned that you were a lot more sheltered, right? And so maybe some of these these things, you didn't experience them growing up. Right. But if you know, what sort of, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to make it sound like a message that you will give to other lighter skinned girls, but um, it's really light skin, dark skin, something that, I mean, we should focus our energy trying to, you know, I guess, talk about, I mean, or try to become, should, should women um, aspire to want to become more lighter skin? I mean, I know that in, coming from you, it might sound biased because you're naturally lighter skin. <laughs> no but I, I, but what sort of advice will you give people that might be looking at you and they are envious of your kind of skin color and want to become like you oh i would tell them that black is absolutely beautiful like you look across the african continent the majority of us are dark-skinned black people you know and i will tell them that um they're they're like 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 karen said um beauty transcends what's you know, your skin color is, right? Um, society might tell you a lot of things, but you can confirm to what people think about you. That's like the baseline of it all. Um, you have to be able to believe in yourself and be confident in really who you are, your culture, your ethnicity, the things that you've been able to achieve for yourself, you know? And um, obviously it's it's very hard to say being from a very, I would say, quote unquote, privileged standpoint, because I don't know what it's like, um, the struggles that black women should, or darkest skin women, do face, but I can say for sure that um, it's absolutely not worth having to go through the strenuous process, the costly process, the irreversible damage that's being done to your skin um, to look a certain way because society thinks that it's better. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think that um, darker skin women need to um, realize that there is so much beauty within. You know, it's it's really not. Um, it's not always about what people can see. It's about what you feel about yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's really what I'll say. Yeah. So um, I can say, at least for me personally, I have 
And until we started having these conversations recently, I started to look back at my own experience and say, let me look back at high school, look back in college. What was my experience with like with women in terms of you know attractiveness to women? And to me, I think Karen said it, I was attracted a lot to women who were confident, type A women, women who were, you know, boss ladies type stuff. Those to me, I, I found a lot more attractive. And in a sense, not to say that we are colorblind, but lighter tone, darker tone really did not, wasn't something in my preview. And so um, what I want us now to maybe talk about is what sort of advice can you guys give to guys who are, because apparently they're the ones that are making some of this um, still happen today. They're the ones that are saying they have preference to lighter skinned girls because to them it shows that they are rich, they are loaded, they can take care of their women. And, you know, even though women, like you guys have made me understand today, women don't dress up for guys, but they dress up for other women. But, you know, what um, and they try to look a lot more beautiful, you know, for not for guys, but for other women. But what sort of advice can you guys give to, you know, to, to us who are, you know, men? And, you know, what, what can that be to help us to be able to make so that this doesn't become a lot of burden that or a struggle that a woman has to go through all her life? Well, it's a tough one, to be honest. <laughs> that's a really tough one i just think i don't know men need to find a way of because we all know at the end of the day and as much as men might chase after the girls who they perceive to be yellow bones the the woman that the, the woman that they eventually choose to be with it's not determined by the color of her skin it goes much deeper than that and i think it's it's high time men start promoting that attraction that goes beyond what a woman looks like, what complexion she is. Because I think that narrative, that false narrative that's being, they're helping to promote it is what's negatively impacting and causing a lot of women to perceive beauty to be associated with the complexion of your skin. Mm -hmm. And I'll say um, uh for, for black men or darker men who um, have the opportunity to date a beautiful black woman um, who is darker, I think that they need to be able to champion them and make them feel beautiful in their own skin, especially when um, if they feel less of themselves because of that aspect. Because I've met and spoken to a lot of um, darker women who we've had these conversations, being these conversations, and they feel that pressure from their partners. You know, um, um, whenever they're talking about their beauty standards, they they want to conform to whatever their men think. So I think it's important to be able to champion, you know, the darker women as well, so they feel confident. You know, they're able to, you know, be more comfortable in how they look. You know, I'm not saying that the comfort should exactly come from someone else. But in the case that you're in a relationship with someone who, um, you know, is of darker skin, who is more melaninated, I, I don't even know that if that's the right word. But I think it's important to champion those women as well um, so that they can be the prophets of some sort to other women since women talk, you know, and um, they can be able to, you know, have those conversations within themselves. And um, I think it's absolutely important for um men to see past um you know what really a woman looks like at the end of the day it comes down to preference yes but um to see past that because honestly especially if you're a black man you need to look at yourself and be able to see whoever you're with in yourself you know and if you uh -huh. if if you're black and you want someone that looks ultimately you know different from you because of some type of prestige and that says a lot about you you know and so um yeah i think that's what i think so I, 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 this is good, and I think these are very good responses. And I hope that for the guys that are listening, um, they're going to put some of this into practice or try to become better at this. But I want to take this a little bit uh, further and push it maybe a lot more younger. Because now I think that we are talking a lot about definition of beauty, maybe as kids are growing up, they're teenagers, they go to high school, college, all of that stuff. What effect do you think that maybe fathers have or maybe uncles do have? I mean, for example, 
when you're growing up as a black woman, um, did your father compliment you by saying, oh, you're beautiful, my daughter, or your uncles reminding you of that? I mean, would something like that as well help? Because I think that many times this filling this void or a lot of um, girls trying to find these from other men might maybe be a reflection too of upbringing where the parents are not very um, expressive of acknowledging who they are and how beautiful they are. Do you guys think that that is something that um, will go a long way to help these young girls as they grow up? I personally think so. Um, I had a father that was very, that is very, rather, <laughs> very um, vocal about like how he feels about his children as a whole. So growing up, um, he was able to tell all of us, you know, my sisters being dark skinned, um, that when when we look great, when we dressed up, when we were, you know, always trying to do our hair in the house, he always spoke us and said, you know, you look amazing. You look beautiful. I, I like your hair. And for me, um, whenever I was in, you know, any type of situation where someone tried to make me feel less, maybe because of my size at the time, or um, they tried to make my make me look some type of way because of the way my hair was, um, it was very hard to get through to me because, you know, um, growing up, that wasn't the space, that wasn't the, um, that wasn't how I grew up, essentially. And I was very um, confident in who I was um, on the inside and being able to see past the fact that, you know, society actually will always have the perception of me, whether or not I, you know, how I, how I respond to that is what really matters. Right. So, um, yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's I think- a very important role. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, I grew up in a very conservative household. So, and grew, my friends came from conservative homes. My church was conservative or is conservative. So generally, beauty was never defined by my, the outer appearance in my home. And my parents were always very open about saying, oh, you look beautiful. But remember, this is a conservative parent telling you you look beautiful. So even when my hair is looks horrible to me and fushy, like 4C all coiled up. They're like, oh, you look beautiful. Your skin looks great. And then suddenly I go to boarding school and I start being more exposed to the beauty that's out there in the world. It's hard to then remember that your parents told you you're beautiful because in your head, you're like, oh, they're so outdated. Like they have no idea what's going on and what's in fashion or what's trending. So I think there's so much. There's only so much that parents can do to prepare you for the world. Um, I think the most important thing is for parents to remember to sh- tell their children in the context of what's going on in the world that they're still beautiful and to promote that beauty in the context of the beauty that's already outside. Because I think for me, no matter what they told me, th- by the time I was a teenager, it was they're telling me that and they're out of touch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know that once we become teenagers, anything our parents say, they're just outdated, <laughs> out of touch, and that's their um, cup of tea. But so let's, uh, I mean, let's let's talk a little bit about maybe other experiences here. Um, maybe let's go a little bit light now. What are some of the best um, uh, beauty compliments that you guys have ever received? That's a hard one. <laughs> Well, you, it shouldn't be a hard one for you. You're married, so you should. I'm sure you're getting compliments every day. <laughs> but remember, my husband's compliments are as good as the ones my parents used to tell me. Because I'll wear something oh. and I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, it looks horrible. And you'll be like, no, you look great. You look beautiful. And I'm like, no, can you not see that my face isn't done up properly? Or he'll say things like, oh, you don't need makeup. But he has to say that. He's my husband. <laughs> So, I mean, besides my husband, because <laughs> he'll always be sweet and his compliments, I guess, they don't count in the greatest scheme of the external world. Um, some of them, most of the compliments we get are, are very shallow sometimes because you'll, you'll still get, oh, you have great skin. Oh, I love your hair. Like who, what, what weave is that? Or what do you, what product do you use in your hair? Oh, I love your outfit. It's, it's very external for the most part. And yes, occasionally when you do do something, someone will be like, oh, that was a great speech. Oh, I love how you, 
even I love how you speak these days can be offensive. So it, it's a very hard to say what are the good compliments that you receive, the compliments that are of substance. It's very hard to pick them out because I guess we live in a very superficial world now. Yeah. I think um, one of the best compliments that I receive, honestly, I feel like I sound like I'm really obsessed with my hair, but um, it took me a while, I think, getting to that point because when I when I was growing up, because my hair was really relaxed all the time, um, whenever they'll be like washing my hair, they'll be like, oh my God, like your hair is like longer than like anybody else's that I've ever washed. And like for me, it was it was always like the biggest thing because all I wanted was my hair to be long. Like even if I was doing a weave or something, it just had to be long. And um, I don't know if it was because of maybe the Disney channel that I was filling my head with at the time. I don't want it to be like this girls, but um, for me, it was always like a big thing. And so when I did my big chop, I caught my hair off in 2015, which is about five years ago now, I rediscovered a new type of beauty. And for me, it was, I had never, I don't remember when I was like natural, like that's how far back I've been relaxing my hair. And so having this new experience where my hair was in its natural state, it took a lot of um, effort and a lot of time to actually understand what it was, how, how to maintain it, how to, you know, make it look a certain way. And obviously YouTube really helped with that. And um, for me, it was um, just, understanding that in, in the times that would come with that so many people would ask me so many whenever anyone asks me questions about like my natural hair it's like the biggest compliment ever because I know how much time and effort actually goes into um, maintaining black hair as a whole it's it's very difficult it's very um it can be very um tasking can be pretty expensive as well and so even with natural hair and so for me it's always like the biggest thing when someone's able to say you know i really like how your afro looks and it really it just makes me much happy uh so 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 happy when people do so because of the effort that goes into black hair i think that's why mm, i see so that means that um i mean from what i'm getting here is that everybody's different um but karen mentioned that we Women don't like shallow compliments. Mm -hmm. And if I get what Angel is saying, is that, oh, yeah, if, you, if someone complimented me on that, I mean, they're in a sense acknowledging the effort mm -hmm. and everything that I put into that to be able to get it to the level that it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, anything else? Anything else that you guys will want us as, you know, maybe if there's something that you want to tell a a guy or tell men about beauty and about women what would that be i don't know i, I don't know if this, this will be specifically for the men but even even for the women for everyone at large i think it's very easy to judge people who who bleach but i think as you start to understand them you realize that it's it's hard to judge them because you sort of get it i mean it's a lot of pressure psychologically, mentally, and sometimes it's um, even the person learning to accept it, accept their skin. So I think even for, this one's a reverse, I guess, comment to say, when we do have people we see going through all of this or going through these encounters, we need to take a moment to try and understand what it is they're really going through and why they're doing the things they do. Because for some people, it's not even that deep is just probably some people will tell you, I just want to remove a spot on my face. Others will be very extreme and very open to say, Hey, I really want to be light skinned. So the reasons are always very different. We should understand the reason and maybe work with them so as to be able to help them or no. to find a better solution for them. Or I mean, what, how? I think just leave them alone. The same way just we don't judge people for having weaves on or for putting on makeup and not embracing their natural skin tone. I think it's the same way when we see someone who bleaches, we just need to leave them alone. Because most okay. of the time they are aware of what they're doing and why they're doing it. And remember, not all products now are dangerous. A lot of them now are very natural. People are using turmeric and lemon and vitamin E and glutathione, which are antioxidants. So it's, it's no longer the mercury or um, hydroquinine-based products. Some of them are just like natural products. So it's hard, I guess, now. It's, it's hard to judge them or say they're dangerous to what you're doing. That means if I hear you correctly, you're saying that it, one other thing we have to do is a re-education of 
of even some of these products and of beauty, right? Yeah, completely. Because in Africa, I think back home in Zimbabwe, only maybe in the last year, I've been seeing people starting to sell or promote more natural products in the bleaching industry. Whereas before, what was affordable was the cheapest products. Even now, the cheap products are going for $2. Whereas there are safer options to make your skin look equally good or remove your blemishes without you using some of these products that will affect your kidneys or even contaminate your skin long-term. So I think for those people who do choose that they want to embark on this journey, there needs to be some form of communication to try and educate them on what's safe and what's not. And what are some of the natural methods that they can use to do this? Angel, any thoughts? Yeah, um, ultimately, yeah, I agree. It's, it's honestly a personal preference and um, there are natural ways I feel like people could go about it. Um, but besides that, I feel like there is still a lot of um, a lot of harmful products in the African market. Like I go home every year, so I'm Niger every year and I go to the market a lot with my mom and I look at like the cosmetic stores and in almost every store, you know, there is, you know, very, very harmful products. I know this because I've had personally, I've seen people who have used this product and like don't exactly, they want to like reverse the, um, the effects that they've had on their skin. And so, um, Essentially, I think there needs to be um, more um, responsibility put on the governments of these countries to actually take out those products from the market. Because I think the harmful ones, because they, um, because of the bad effects that it has on on people, and because education is very hard, educating people about um, the these products can be very difficult. Because it's not like it's going to be on TV. I mean, they could put some ads on TV to let people know. Um, to more campaigns need to be put out there to embrace their skin and to be aware of the effects of certain products, right? And to pursue more natural ways to actually achieve like the skin color that they want. But 77% of Nigerian women bleach their skin. And I don't think that out of all of those people that most of them are able to, you know, um, afford to see a dermatologist or be able to, to see someone who will be able to take care of them when they experience like the the effects that come with you know the irreversible effects that come with bleaching and so i feel like we need to hold our governments more accountable with the products that actually get into those markets and because um they're so affordable it's not very difficult for people to get their hands on them right and i think we need to be able to um create more awareness around um the effects as well like um put out public campaigns for um, people to learn how to embrace, you know, who they are really and embrace their skin. And I'm thankful that there is more, um, there are more women uh, who are dark skin on TV and they're able to see that, you know, I don't have to be a certain way. I don't have to conform um, to a certain standard to, to be treated a certain way because at the end of the day with embracing all of these things and being able to be confident in, you know, who you naturally are, um, you're teaching someone else the message. And I feel like it'll be a ripple effect if it starts with one person, right? Uh, I might be talking from a very privileged standpoint because I am light skin, but I think that if we're able to do those things, that will be um, a, a better outcome in this whole situation. Ultimately it's up to the person, but I think like Karen said, there should be, more um, natural people should learn how to use more um, natural um, products to pursue. I was shocked recently. I went into Walmart and I noticed these products actually that contain the same um, chemicals like hydroquinine here in America on the shelves. And I'm like, wow. Then I just was randomly Googling and I noticed that they even predict the bleaching industry to grow to like, Right now, it's sitting, sitting at over $20 billion a year in annual turnover. And these products are predicted by 2024 to even potentially hit like the $30 billion mark. So it just shows you that commercially, the world and companies are pushing towards encouraging more and more women to bleach and lighten their skins. So I think what Angel said is important, that it's that education is very, very important and women need to also learn to be comfortable or to embrace who they are. And I'm, I'm glad that Hollywood and a lot of celebrities now are making an effort to promote 
darker skin and embracing the natural you. But I feel like there's going to be even more pressure going forward than there has been in the past. That's true. And that is something uh, very important that you just mentioned. The fact that you have this money that has been poured into this industry, almost in a way it's like it has been driven by the profit margins of the companies trying to make money. And so being aware of that and why that is happening, I think it's very important also for the women. I mean, not just women. I think for today's conversation, we focused a lot to talk about you know, women and their skin. But growing up in Cameroon, I know guys who were bleaching. Mm. I know, you know, guys yeah. who were using some of the same product because they wanted to look as well lighter skin. Some of them wanted their hair to look a little bit different because they felt that um, it was just better. So it is that we, you know, know who we are and understand that our, uh, as I've been able to get from this conversation, is that beauty in itself is a personal journey. Right and be able to not be conformed and defined by what others might want for you, but what you would want for yourself mm -hmm. and how you will feel best in, in expressing who you are. Agreed. Let us know what your thoughts are and how you define beauty. Share with us your experience on social media. And as always, you can send us a message at hello at africacarifu.com and we will be sure to highlight it here on the Carifu. Until next time, thank you for joining us at the Carifu.